Welcome to another edition of the Pop Culture Crunch Podcast on the MPWO Network. I'm Nick, and joined with... Jerry. And how are we doing today, Jerry? Great. Why are things great for you? Things are great. Been at the gym for a solid three weeks now. Any results? No. What do you mean? There's no results whatsoever? No. You don't feel stronger, you don't feel more energy. I went down five pounds and I've gone back up and I'm trying to figure out the balance of making sure I eat enough to where my body burns. So Wow. Well, I just don't think it's it's been the chess game. The chess game. <laughs> it is. It is a chess game. Um, geez, there's a lot to talk about. We've haven't talked in it seems like two weeks, and lots has happened. Mm-hmm. And I think the the biggest thing would be Suicide Squad. I think we both had a completely different take on the movie. So, um, that's apparent from the reviews. Yours was a blatant F. Oh yeah, and I, I want to interview you. Okay. Because I want to know why why it got such. I mean, that's that's like the worst movie. That's like saying it's worse than like yeah. the worst. It is. And I, and I, and thing, I, I want to know why you're 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 critical of the film in well, such a way. Let, let's prep. Let's kind of get some context here. Um, you you saw it a little bit before I did, um, and you tended to, to like it. Like it. you thought it was a good movie, and you gave it a B, a B minus, B minus, and I gave it an F. You know, an F is very harsh. I I will I will give you that. Now you're asking me why did I give it an F? Well. It's a lot, first of all, anticipation or uh, expectation doesn't meet reality. That's one. Two, um, it's probably the worst conceived uh, stories ever. And it's the most obvious studio interfering movie I've ever seen. Like, it's so obvious with the edits, the cuts, the music. And I find, you know, the more research I do about the movie, I'm like, this is after the fact, by the way. After I wrote my own review, I'm like, I'm, I'm researching and I'm like, the same company that cut the trailer for all those cool Suicide Squad trailers, which were all amazing. They are the ones that were brought in to edit this movie. So to me, they turned into a poppy mess where it was clunky at times and the the characters didn't serve the purpose of the story whatsoever. You know, I there's some things I thought were really fascinating about it. I loved the Joker and the Harley Quinn relationship. And, and they, they only showed me a little bit of it. I'm like, how could you... And even Jared Leto is like, you guys cut like almost all of my scenes. Like I'm a method actor and you just, I don't even know what this movie is anymore. I mean, I think he hates the movie. I mean, I, not because he was cut, but like there's so much, it could have been so much better. Just if the studio just would have been like, Hey, 
you know, we're just letting you do your thing. You know, we, we know that no one likes Batman be Superman, but there's this expectation that the trailers need to be like the movie. And if it's not, I mean, like, well, that's whose fault is that? Is it the company that cut, you know, that cut the trailer themselves? Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, or there's this really poppy, fun movie. It, did, did the studios say, hey, this is what we're trying to pitch? Or is that what they just plugged into the movie and want people to think? I mean, that's that's another thing, though, too. But there's lots of reasons. Um, but, I mean, what, what, what did you think about What What did you like about it? Or did you have any issues? I didn't have too many issues with it. But my issues have come with the fallout. Of, of the movie and everything. So I'm not here to advocate it or defend my position. Um, I mean, if you ask me, you know, what's what's honestly your opinion? Yeah, there was, there was some faults to it, but I remember films that we all like back in our childhood, and, you know, I didn't see it anything worse than what an action Chuck Norris film was. <laughs> Um, team is assembled and team is put together and we have a mission and somebody's captured and we hunt, destroy and go home. You know, I mean, it doesn't seem any different than like those old eighties films of like Rambo and Schwarzenegger and stuff like that. My problem with the fallout of the movie and it's, this is, um, Strictly something I I personally have become to believe. I think we as viewers and we as readers are ruining the ability for anybody to make a comic book movie worthwhile. I I had disagreed respectfully, and the reason being is because Marvel has been doing it. They they haven't been doing it outright, but they've I think done I, it in some forms of success. Right, we've but, ripped the shit out of some of those Marvel right. films. But at least they've done it at least once or twice, where they've done it and they hit it out of the park. And that's where we as viewers are ruining it for DC. Is that we expect Marvel can hit a home run up to plate. DC, why can't you? It's just like if you can't do it once, then go well, away. It's, it's kind of like um, it's weird because. It's like, well, Batman v Superman wasn't great. Well, we, we at least have Suicide Squad. Well, now Suicide Squad's not great. So at least we have Wonder Woman. Then how far do we need to go before we're like, okay, DC finally has a good movie, etc. But I think my biggest issue is, though, I think a lot of it, um, when people try to view the movie, is that there's a difference between Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad. Batman v Superman, actually, like, you can see that they tried to make a really big movie. Like, they tried their hardest. And with Suicide Squad... There, there isn't that, you know, you don't get that in the movie. You see that there's just way too many different creative hands involved that there's no possible way well, anything good can come out. Because of the fallout of the Batman vs. Superman movie. Well, right, yeah, you but still. You can't say after you got done watching that that you love the film. I mean, even this podcast was like pretty much two disliked it, only one liked it. Mm-hmm. That, but that's what I'm kind of getting at is that you have the fallout and then all the reviews come in, and it's just, it's, I, mean, I guess I'm just, all I'm trying to say really in the end game of the conversation is that you have a studio that receives all these reviews. Mm-hmm. You're not getting it right. Quit screwing it up. Uh, those characters aren't supposed to be like that. I want more comedy. I want more cheeky. The colors, the characters. It's mm-hmm. just like, imagine trying to be 
not that one person, because that's ridiculous to think that there's just one person helming the call, but imagine being that that board or that group of people that have to facilitate Christ. We've had two films that nobody likes. Mm -hmm. Everybody can retract their statements and say, yeah, the 30 minutes helped the film. Okay, you know what? That's on the studio. Quit cutting out the stuff. And you're absolutely right. They did cut out way too much of Jared Leto because I even felt like what was his purpose even in the exactly. film? You know, but to make sure that we're being objective about it, I really think comic book films right now are the most heavily criticized, heavily micromanaged, and heavily, you know, people feel like they can just voice their fucking opinion, and it, and then it's just like we can bitch about it all the time, and it, and me and you do, and I'm we're part. I'm not saying we're we're in that system, but I mean we take other films. And it's just kind of like other films, I don't think, get as much of a magnifying glass as what these comic book films are. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, so there's a lot writing on that for one. And then two, I mean, you're talking more about the geek forums and, you know, very popular um, geek websites where, you know, you're talking like Ain't It Cool News or any of those bigger ones where there's a huge forum of like where people are just basically bitching about about whether it be Captain America or Batman or Superman, whoever well, I'm it is. Sure, there's probably Reddit boards like up the ass. Oh, exactly. On, on I mean, I mean, it's. I mean, it, I mean, there has to be, and you're right. I mean, there has to be even a board of people, whether it's Marvel Studios or Warner Brothers, that actually researches and tries to come up with like some sort of consensus of like, okay, well, mm -hmm. we kind of get what's going on here. We can see your point, and we're gonna, you know, try to fix it going forward. But I think. But do they put the brakes on everything now? Because it seems like no, as each no. film comes out, more people are just saying, God, why are they even making movies? Mm -hmm. Why are they even... Ugh. And it's just kind of... I and that's I'm where, not going to go that far, but... No, and I'm not, I'm not trying to portray you on this episode as being that type of person. I'm just speaking from what I feel a lot of the reviews come in. It's just like, why Why is even DC even doing this? Why? Why? It's just like, they're trying, they're trying, and you have to give them at least that. They're trying. Whether it's right or wrong, we're at least getting to see some of these characters that we haven't seen before on film. Oh, yeah, I totally you know, agree. I mean, as yeah, totally. trashy as Green Lantern was, it was cool to see Green Lantern in certain moments of that film. Sinestro was badass in that film. I think, I mean... You're see, I think you're being very positive about it, and I want to be in your corner, but I just have to have to voice my opinion. And if you're it happens, absolutely right. I mean, if it happens to be what the same opinion that everyone else seems to have, I mean, so be it. I mean, I, but what would you what would you suggest for the studio to do? I, I think would the, you just tell them, I, it? I would not scrape it, and and take two and that, years that leads, to reevaluate. That leads to the other point I was going to mention because earlier this week. They were saying like the director was trying to address false rumors for her Wonder Woman movie, mm -hmm. director Patty Jenkins, and she was just like, you know, I don't know where these rumors are coming from that this production is doomed. Like I've been in the director's chair. I think I should know better than anyone else. I tell you that this is going to be a good good movie. I haven't had any problems. I think this is. I, I think people are spreading this stuff, 
just because um, there's some sort of like hatred with within DC Studios yeah. for for whatever reason. You know, it's like and it's good she's taking that role because any other person probably would be like, "Shit, my film is up next. I, I'm never going to do this ever again." Right. You know, I mean, it's just kind of like. I don't know. I kind of hope maybe after like one woman comes out and Justice League comes out, I hope it's kind of like, you know, okay, boys, we've been through the mud. We've gone through all the slinging and we're starting, we're coming out with something great, you know? I mean, I guess, would you say if Wonder Woman falls, where does, where does that put you as more of a critical viewer of the DC films? I, I, I would say that um, I think I would have a, a knee-jerk reaction. Like I did after seeing Suicide Squad, I'm like, you know, just screw all the DC movies. Like I was just so upset about what I just saw. And yeah, I mean, your first text message I, I was, was just like, screw this. I, I was very upset. I'm like, I can't believe that that's the movie that I had to see. I'm like, I expected a great movie. But if it happened with Wonder Woman, I'd do the same thing. I'd be like, a knee-jerk reaction. Oh my gosh, that sucks. And I'd be really, you know, butthurt about it. But then afterward, I'd be like, okay, let's regroup. You know, it's not all of them are going to be bad. And the thing is, though, if you have so many bad movies coming from DC, eventually they're going to hit it, and they're going to hit it hard. They're going to hit it good. And don't think that they haven't hit it recently, because the last time they really hit was, well, 2008, when Dark Knight, I think, was the last really good DC movie, but that was a Batman movie. You know what I mean? So, Right. Which is where they've always been. It's either been a Superman movie or a Batman movie. Yeah, I mean, and Batman's always been the Their attempt with the Green best. Lantern was the first time they went outside and they got their dicks pounded in the ground. <laughs> and, you, and that's what you see. And that's what happened. And so they shut down. And then you came out with Batman versus Superman, or Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. And even that which got... A, which is a... De- yeah, yeah, exactly. That like, got pounded, too. It got, it got, yeah, it was a little... Everyone's kind of disappointed. Disappointment. I don't know. I don't think it was disappointment. It was the whole entire how many weeks of conversation was had with Superman does not kill. Oh, afterwards. I'm like, you fucking nerds, stop. You're you're killing it. You're killing it. Well, yeah, I think when you when you have these people that are like they, they think that they're diehard fans, like, well, I know Superman is this and and he'd never do that. I'm like, well, this is this is a, a different take on the character. Right. You know, it's okay. He doesn't need to be, you know, the Superman that's in your head. It's gonna there's gonna be a different variation. This that's this is one person's interpretation of Superman. Very true. My other problems with like Suicide Squad was just kind of like what I said in my article was like I couldn't feel, and how the article today about the Rebirth book is contrastly different. I mean, I had a hard time feeling out like. Who was the true front person of the squad? Mm-hmm. I mean, there was times where Deadshot, uh, his inter- the DC's interpretation of Deadshot was close, but there was too much of the, oh, I got a kid, and humanizing. I mean, Deadshot in this new book, dude, makes tough calls and pulls the trigger himself. He does not give a shit. No, exactly. But I, I mean... mean I mean, that, that, that's the comic version, and I think it's like this one person's interpretation. Right. My problem with the movie, though, was that you're, I mean, there's a there's an imbalance. So you have, like, okay, well, let's focus on three characters Deadshot, Harley Quinn, and Flag. You know, like, okay, well, their even backstories aren't, like, much to give them any, like, I guess, fleshing out towards the end of the movie. I'm all like, but these are all terrible people. Like, and their, their come to Jesus moment was when they're in the bar talking about, oh, you killed. 
women and children. I would never kill women and children. I'm like, these are, you guys are so irredeemable. Like, I can't even get behind you at all. Like, you're just serial killers. And, and I have to root for you. I had a big problem with that. I'm like, in the comic books, it makes sense to root for them because they are redeemable. And they, and they go through these scenes where you're like, okay, well, Harley Quinn isn't totally bad. You know, she doesn't mean to be bad. Deadshot is just, you know, he has his own his own thing, but he doesn't mean to be bad. And you get to see that, and you get to empathize with him. In this movie, these characters are like, I don't really empathize with any of them. Like, I I don't have it at all. I mean, that, that's, that was my biggest issue with yeah. it. So. Yeah, the, I, and I can see that. I guess I wasn't, I guess I was more distracted with, the front person always changing in the group. Doesn't that frustrate you? And it just... It's not very linear. No. And that that was the problem that I had is like, A, the actual leader should should have been Flag, mm-hmm. Colonel Flag. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the guy who's supposed to be... Who was miscast, by the way. I love Joel Kinnaman, but it should have been Tom Hardy who was originally casted for that role. Yeah. And it should have been all about him, in my yeah. opinion, and get rid of Dutch. And I think, I think what could have made it a little bit more uh, palatable for everybody is if you didn't have such a big group. If you limited, kind of like, and not to harken back to what we've, what I've been doing recently, but if you, to kind of tie it into our comic book segment, every Rebirth book that has had a group mm-hmm. has given you a snippet of that group. We'll take, for instance, Red Hood and the Outlaws. Mm-hmm. You know it's going to be a group. But you're getting one person put in every once in a while. That's exactly what the case I made in my article the was. The Suicide Squad should have just been like Deadshot, Harley Quinn, and Flag. Yeah. You know, run with that, you know, and then set it up with an ending of going to Argus with other the other members of the team and set up a Suicide Squad 2 to introduce... Killer Croc. Exactly. Or, or you don't want to half-ass these characters, and that's why I thought that they did. They, you're all like, it's surface-level story. Well, he did this. Okay, there's this person that did this. He's also a thief and throws a boomerang. Like, do you think that, that if, if I was a big fan of Captain Boomerang that I would love my character to just be skimmed well, over like that? It would, part it's of highly that, aggravating. too, is that, again, we deal with characters that aren't very prominent. I mean, even in the comic book world, I mean, Captain Boomerang isn't a big deal. El Diablo. Well, I'm just saying. Not really a big deal. It could be to someone. And in and, 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 and the purpose of, of our conversation. <laughs> there's there's it, a small sector. Well, God damn it, where was my Captain Boomerang moment? Well, exactly. I don't know. You, you don't know you don't know. But just still, I mean, the movie was just, right. in my opinion, a mess. But you did get to see another movie that came out. Yeah, I went and. Uh, Sausage Party? Sausage Party. And um, how was that? Yeah, it's, that, like I said, is like one of the best original films to come out of Hollywood that takes someone who is tired of taking their kids to all these animated films, this is the film for you, you know? You know, when I saw the trailers for it, I was kind of mixed about it because I didn't know, I don't think it does the movie justice because, you know, a lot of people, like, they... They were excited to kind of see it, the ones that were, and they're all like, they came back like, wow, this is really great, and there's a lot of positive buzz around the movie. I'm like, did I miss out on something here? Because I think I need to go to the movie theater. The trailers are cut perfect because it's only 
Maybe it's done too well that it doesn't give anything away. Yeah. There, there, honestly, yeah, there really isn't. Um, I'm trying to think. Most of, all those, trailer, most of all those scenes from the trailer are from the first maybe 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. That's awesome. Because, see, I think if you do a trailer like that, you're not spoiling anything going in. I mean, you have a couple things. You know, with, with Suicide Squad, I hate to bring it back to it, but every single scene... I'm like, that's from the trailer. I remember that specifically from the trailer. I remember that exact same line. I'm like, if you have a good marketing program, the movie should sell itself. Let's say it doesn't open up as big as Suicide Squad did, but it has a longevity. Like, like Sausage Party seems to will probably end up happening. Yeah. I, I kind of hope there isn't a part two, but I hope, like I said, Seth Rogen and his cast of people do something new. Give us a new adult, crude, raunchy, porky-esque film. Oh, yeah, that sounds like... You know, right they, have, they have a niche right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't have to, like, reboot or remake or rehash anything. Yeah, you know? it, it's weird to think about where Seth Rogen has been just even 10 years ago. He's in Superbad. Edward Norton was amazing. In it. Yeah, I heard that I he had was, no heard idea was, it was even him. Yeah, I heard that he was in I heard he was really great, too. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. Did you guess who played Meatloaf? Meatloaf? Meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. I didn't even... Is how old is Meatloaf? I don't know. He's out there. But it was... Even that was funny because they took... Like, they... They totally played to, like, the age bracket of people that would be seeing this. Like, the whole entire Bat Out of Hell, like, cover. He was, like, on on a motorcycle and it was this packaged Meatloaf riding this motorcycle with the flames and everything. I was like, oh, that's I like the, the album. That's the album, oh, that's yeah. sweet. Yeah, I was like, that's totally cool, you know. But, yeah, what they do, it, you know, you get the whole entire hangover type, you know, raunch in it. But it's, when you kept mentioning Porky's, and... It reminded me of Porky's I, so much. I love that movie, especially when I was growing up, obviously, as a kid. I loved all three of them. There's Porky's 1, Porky's 2, Porky's, Porky's Revenge was, yeah. the, was the third one. I haven't seen the third one. Yeah. It's a great film, and I... I strongly suggested it to everybody that like I talked to. Everybody was like, "So what did you think?" I'm like, "Dude, it is perfect. But leave your kids at home." All right. Because uh, the last like <laughs> the last five minutes is like food orgy. It's retarded. <laughs> it's so retarded. What they have doing? You just like a food? I never thought of food that way. <laughs> wow, crazy. Okay. I I will have to go see it now. Rogue One, new trailer released. What do you think? I think that the teaser trailer was better than that trailer. Which was like a minute and a half. And it was kind of, I think, more foreboding. I think this one was a little bit lighter. Even in the mm -hmm. context of, Star, of like, I mean, it was more, more Wars-esque. It didn't give me goosebumps. It didn't give me goosebumps? No. Yeah, I, I would say I'm in that category as well. No. I, But I will say that... I will definitely see that movie. I think, I think this is another franchise that's going to over-exploit itself. Oh, yeah. Star Wars? Yeah, yeah. I, I think... I hope... You're going to get oversaturation of Star Wars. I hope that they go into a different angle or spinoff where it's like... It doesn't really, really remind you of Star Wars anymore. Like, I just... I want, I want in the same universe, but I want an original story. I don't want it to harken back because you're going to get Darth Vader in this. You're going to get that. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, can we not focus on these older characters? Can we just go with something new? You know, that that's what I, re I would really like. 
as a fan. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I love Han Solo, and I love. Well, I think Skywalker. that's maybe where the next movie after Force Awakens is eventually going to go. I hope that's that's my hope. I really, I really hope because you shouldn't have Darth Vader at all in that. You're just gonna have well. Unless Some people are saying that Han Solo that's... isn't really dead. I'm like, if he isn't dead, I'm gonna. <laughs> I mean, that is so stupid. Yeah, I don't know. I it's. It has. I mean, to be honest with you, the movie hasn't gotten me excited yet. I mean, it's it's another tangent side story of Star Wars, and I'm just I don't know. I'm 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 honestly not feeling it for whatever reason. I can't get excited about it. I mean, after San Diego Comic Con when we saw the new character costume release, I was like, uh, that's that's the Mad Max. Darth Vader, <laughs> ain't it? Yeah, he carries yeah. a shotgun and well, it's just, it's uninspired. Has, has the same chest plate almost, yeah. but two breathing tubes. I was like, no thanks. I, I don't know. No thanks. Bad Santa two trailer. Have you seen the first one? I never. Yes. I don't think we ever talked about it. I that's one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time. I know it is. I know it's one of yours. I don't. Your your Christmas story. Yeah, I don't get in. I mean, I I laughed at it. I mean, it's a good comedy film. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not seeing Bad Santa 2. I think it's a rehash, and I think they're just trying to mm-hmm. cash cow it out. I totally agree. I couldn't agree more. Terrible. I looked, I watched the trailer, I'm like, what is going on? Like, Billy Bob it, Thornton it, looks it, like a piece of shit. Well, he, he did in the first one. <laughs> but, the, but no, I think he's actually, like, he just rolls on the set like that, because he, he definitely just looks like he's playing himself. Oh. Well, he no. looked terrible. I was like, no, he, uh, good God. The first film is, in my opinion, a treasure of cinema. And when I when I watched the this trailer, I'm like, these are the exact same types of jokes, and they're trying to go over the top with it. And I'm all like, mm-hmm. that's the classic sequel mistake. I can just see it written all over the film. And there's also this kind of nuanced approach to Bad Santa, where like you had time to reflect about how screwed up the situation is. I don't think we'll get that with this film. I just don't understand. I think it's another one of those uh, scary movie franchises that they're they're trying to do with. You know, you had like what was it? You had Bad Santa that kind of started the whole entire bad whatever. You know, bad grandpa, bad teacher, bad bosses. Did it start? I don't know. Yeah, I think Bad Santa was the beginning of well this is this, this is a completely different director completely different writer <laughs> and the thing the thing is though i think the fans i really would like one another revisit but after seeing no. that trailer i'm all like if you're gonna do you need to do it right because that does not look like, like a good movie that looks like a very bad do you movie. really need though a second one How, no let, let, i'm about to get into something here give me a good sequel comedy there are none exactly don't make them how many times does Hollywood need to make right. a sequel to comedies? Dumb and Dumber 2, The Mask 2, uh, Caddyshack 2. I mean, these are all horrible The only movies. one that I've heard defended recently was... Defended? Ghost- I've heard defended okay. was Ghostbusters 2. You can still say it's not a good movie. I, I, mean, I don't know. The only ones that I've... That I would think have had good successes would be like the Police Academy films, <laughs> one, two, and three. After that, we're starting to. Can you name all the Police Academies? There's one, two, three. There's four. Like I remember, Citizens of Moscow. 
I remember Citizens on Patrol, which I think was three. Then there's, then there's, I think there's, there's the Moscow one. Then there's like once Steve Gutenberg was no no longer in it. That misses the point. Yeah, yeah, it it was. Done. And don't I, let's not hide it. I love Steve Gutenberg, and actually, yeah, he made the coincidentally. Free. I'm not kidding you, Jerry. A sci-fi original movie that yours truly. <laughs> it's called Lava Lava Tarantula, and dude. It looks Nerd. really bad, but um, <laughs> still, that's your Steve Gutenberg trivia there. But so yeah, like those films, I think comedy films that have had success. I think uh, didn't Forty Eight Hours. Th- that one was terrible. Another Forty Eight Hours was a terrible. Is a, is a, that's it's it's a terrible movie. Terrible. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Ninja Turtles two. No. Secret of the Ooze. Maybe it's not Forty Eight Hours. I was thinking of. Sorry. Beverly Hills Cop? The, yes, Beverly Hills Cop. I like Beverly Hills Cop Part 2. Part 3 is where it suffered yes. horribly. But I just, uh, I think I think this day and age... Austin Powers 2? Those films aren't... The sequels... What's There's a chain of words that you would use to describe it. I think... Pointless? No, I think back in our 80s... And maybe before MTV started showing fucking TV I want shows my on TV, when MTV stopped showing videos, I think that's when sequels of movies really started taking a dump because it, then it became just a you started entering the world of instant gratification, quick buck in and buck out. Well, yeah, I, I think you're kind of. I think it's a kind of coincidental thing because of what was going on in the 1980s, especially when blockbusters were realized and you have a transition going from the late 80s to 90s and you're like, okay, well, it's just going to be blockbusters all over the place. But when you do that, what's natural? I mean, well, did we really need another Independence Day? You know? Oh, well, that, see, I enjoyed Independence Day, the first one. Yeah, but do we need another one? Yeah. No, do we, do we, do That's we, the problem, is that do we need more? Welcome to Earth. Bad again. Santa can remain as it is. It does not need a sequel. Agree, agree, agree. And we should be done with it. I, tell, I think a sequel you should, should, just, you should sequel be, should be banned. Your, yeah, you're, you should be inviting your sequel to it. should be you sitting with your family re-watching it and enjoying the, the first original jokes. We should we should do like an Occupy uh, Wall Street esque thing <laughs> where it comes to sequels and reboots. We're like, no more, no more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's terrible. Oh shoot, dude, we're almost at thirty. You want to take a break? You want to take a break? I'm fine. I'm fine if you're fine. We can roll an hour. I'm, We've done it once before. I can try. You can try. I can try. You know how my bladder is. Um. Okay. Well, we also speaking of remakes. There's another one. Well, I guess it's technically a remake. Um, there's a Masters of the Universe He-Man movie. There's a He-Man and Masters of the Universe movie that are it's in early talks, being directed by Mick G, who did Terminator Salvation and Charlie's Angels. So any He-Man fans out there, well, no reason to go to the theater. So yeah. <laughs> Even um, the first He-Man was With trash. Dolph Lundgren? Yeah, that was trash. Look, and here's something that I will admit. I loved it as a kid. I revisited it like two years ago. I'm like, what was I thinking? It was horrible. You can be enamored with He-Man and 
everything as I a kid. have the power. Yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. The cartoon was was awesome. The toys at the time, I think it was like one of the biggest selling toys at the time. I mean, when it came out, um, gosh, it was everything you could do to get your hands on a He-Man toy was like all. <laughs> it was like no holds barred, <laughs> you know. Well, I've oh, there was I think it was like ten years ago. I think I remember someone's like, I've written an R-rated He-Man movie, but the studios don't want to make it, and it's the best thing ever. And there was all this buzz on the internet, like, it is so awesome. It's exactly what He-Man should be—an R-rated film, you know, full of gore. And I was like, and studios were just like, well, you can't. We don't have enough money that does justify a movie for us, you know. And you're like, He-Man's. PG, you know, you can't R him. Mm-hmm. Uh, any case, get off track here. Um, Speaking of sequels, once again. Bad Boys 3 is tentatively titled, tentatively, Bad Boys for Life, which is a motto that was used by both the characters in the previous yeah. films. I'm over it. I'm over it. Will Smith, I'm over him. Another reason why Suicide Squad sucked, because Will Smith cannot act any different than Will Smith. Will Smith will always be, hey, bro, we okay? We good? There's two okay, types man. of Will Smith, and I get, I, get, I get what you're saying. Terrible. I loved him in Ali. Yeah, yeah. When he you was, give him a serious role, he can be good. He, he's good, but everything Every, else, he's, like, he's all like... comedic is Fresh Prince all over again on a big screen. Yeah, that's, that's, Sorry. that's basically how he got Independence Day, though. Sorry. I will, I will bash the shit out of Will Smith. That's okay. Let's move on to uh, TV. <laughs> Let's get off of that one. Let's get off of that. Uh, okay, Stranger Things. Stranger Things. You finally completed your journey. Mm-hmm. Now, before we get into Stranger Things, I just have to say that the TV series itself is the most highly watched TV series ever for Netflix. They just announced today, which is crazy to think about because you're talking about Narcos, House of Cards. Daredevil, all, Daredevil, Jessica Jones. Yeah, all of those. Yeah. And it's just Destroyed. annihilating. And it's not, not only that, it's just the, one of the biggest phenomenons right now, like where it's influencing everything else. The director of the new It, he specifically said, the tone that this movie is like is exactly like Stranger Things. It's like if I had to, to say if it's any, like anything, it's like Stranger Things. I'm like, well, that's a very good sign. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so anyway, so without really spoiling anything, um, overall, well, I think everybody's watched it, so we can we can we can talk a little bit about it. We can we can be free range with it. I'll let you. Uh, what do you think of it? What do you think of the whole the whole series as a whole? It was it was very entertaining. It was very well written. Um, each episode left on a good cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing was. I don't think anything was over uh, drawn out. Nope. Nothing seemed to, there was no drag in any episodes. Um, it's actually one of the easier episodes to kind of like, when I watched the la- the second half, mm-hmm. it was easy to watch like two episodes back to back without feeling like, oh God, man, this is like, well, compared to like what I think is overdrawn out and soul sucking, the first season of Daredevil. I mean, there was just episodes. Oh, you mean the second like, season, the second season. No, I'm oh. talking the first season. Oh, you are. You're right. That's I, right. You didn't like it. I didn't like it. I felt like, oh my 
God, can we get through this episode? Can he just finally get to like fighting? This one, there was there was a, a, a good amount of suspense, story, characters. Some of the kids' interaction was just kind of kind of a little wonky, a little oh, cheesy it. every I once loved in a while. It. That's what I liked about it. I mean, I love the interaction these kids have because they're... they're I'm not so- saying the whole entire time. There was just a few moments where I just kind of felt like, okay. This, like, the, the black kid didn't need to be portrayed as the militant black man. That was very, very clear, and I thought that was done in poor taste on their part. They made him... Once he got pissed off, he turned into the militant black kid. It was just like, well, well, this is a little bit too grown up of a attitude for this kid to be having. I mean, he just made it, it just came you know, off you, as... You may be right. Very Malcolm X's he became well, the, the, in the moment. I was like, the, Here's the thing, like, and this, this is something to be said for the show, though, too. When you're trying to be as 80s as possible, you're also identifying with an era that was riddled with cheesy movies and uh, unintended racism and just anything and, and just bonkers. So anytime I think that Stranger Things ended up making a slight mistake, I don't think I noticed it until after the fact because I'm all like, I was so enamored with the the atmosphere that was created on screen. I I I, I felt like this is exactly it's like it's a culmination of everything I love about the '80s into one series, and I I gave it I I was willing to look, overlook the silliest of things like what you just said, and I'm yeah. like. Like kind of thinking about, it, I'm like, wow, that is, I guess, I could be, it could be bad. <laughs> that could be, like, that's an issue I could take. The away. only character that I felt that was even more flawed than him in their in their portrayal was the uh, was the boyfriend. Um, oh yeah, he went from being total douchebag to like, hey, I'll help you guys out. To, You're a stupid whore, but now I'm I'm sorry about that. It's like, dude, come on. You were so wishy-washy. You're... Again, it's the same thing with me. Where I'm all like, <laughs> "Holy crap!" I, I did the same thing. I'm all like, "I was like, what are you doing?" Like, so now, like, she's still dating you, I guess. Like, and even towards the end, I was like, "There's yeah. still an item." Right at the I'm end, like... I was like, "That's that was dumb." I and I think maybe that after thinking about because we we're going to talk about it, the the ending of it, I think went a little bit too long. The, the the one month after went on a little bit too long. I kind of would have liked a little bit that more. Is... I would have liked a little bit more of a Tales from the Crypt, like, five-minute, like, quick twist. You know, like, everybody's happy and things are going together. And not worry about, like, that girl giving the boy a present and all that. You scrape that. Well, no, I think... That... We could have just focused on the family well, sitting at well, the dinner Will's, table. Will's visions like he keeps having did you remember that scene when he's in the bathroom and he tells i need to use the restroom really quick right that to me was a tales crypt or Twilight zone-esque right. moment where i was like that is sweet yeah but all the other crap that happened that's all we needed oh, we, oh I, I think that's all we needed was you're talking that, about closure yeah i think we, i think other audience members they need closure with those characters or so that new ones can be drawn out you know what I mean? Uh, like, I think if they're going to revisit, which they already said they're going to be, there's going to be a second season. They, yeah. they have to have a second season. Yeah. So no, uh, that's fine. That's fine. I, what's uh, your what's your favorite scene? What's your favorite scene in the entire eight episodes of Stranger Things, which is on Netflix streaming, and we seem to be sponsoring them in every episode. 
Hmm. Sponsoring them. Well, favorite plugging them. Favorite scene from it? I'd have to say when um, Eleven basically in, in that fight that I didn't care for the boys that had that fight when she was just trying to make everybody stop Oh yeah, yeah. Fighting uh-huh. and that kind of—I guess for me that was one of my favorite scenes for her because I finally got over my my grudge that I had with her out of the first four seasons and that in that moment, four episodes. Yeah, in the first four episodes, in that moment she really won me over because it really showed like what her strength was and what her character was about that she didn't want, you know, people to be fighting. Well, she was traumatized. And, she, yeah, she's been dealing with, you know, fighting her, her whole entire life. Not physically like what the boys were, but it was just confrontation. With her father and yeah. trust with her father and mistrust and yeah. all this and so, other stuff. And... I, and I almost kind of thought maybe there was going to be a little bit one more of a twist. And I thought maybe that she was going to end up being the cop's uh, lost daughter. Well, I thought that could have been that the whole thing is that she's obviously in the upside down. She's somewhere else. She's in a different she's in a different universe. But when when she took care of the monster, she I presumably went with the monster or went where he would came out of or from or wherever he's yeah. from. Yeah. So um I like that twist as well though too, because there's a lot they can really do with the second season. I right. mean, even with Will's character as well. So I mean like he's connected to it. Like he's connected to the parallel universe um, or the alternate universe or whatever it was. Or that creature somehow. As he coughed up that slug or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's kind of kind of nasty. <laughs> I was surprised he wouldn't say anything about it. So it makes me wonder if mentally he's been affected too. Or if he's not Will, really. Maybe he came out as Will, but residual effect of being however you want to say what was he captured by that creature yeah maybe has altered his psyche that's the one thing I would get about this alternate universe is like it's like there's only a few there's there's basically abandoned it looks the exact same as like our universe but there's no one there that's what I thought was kind of weird, and I didn't like that very much. Because I'm like, it's going to be a parallel universe or an alternate timeline or whatever it is. It reminded me a little bit of Silent Hill. There's this other thing where someone had a theory that it isn't actually an alternate universe. It's an alternate timeline. That they're basically traveling into the future instead of it's not just a parallel universe. But anything can happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. But we just take a break, though, because I have a. I have to grab a, another drink. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pop Culture Crunch, the Lone Rangers edition. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. Dude, I hit record. Did you? I did. You did? We're live. We were talking about CW having all their shows. What does CW stand for anyway? Could we? 
Could we make a decent show? Christian women. <laughs> Crappy writers. <laughs> that, that could definitely be a real real meaning behind know. CW. Their, their DC properties are good on there. There's Well, I can't say that with a whole. Um, I have yet to finish the DC Legends of Tomorrow. A lot of people have to do that, Jerry. They have yeah. yet to finish Legends yeah. of Tomorrow. Um, but Flash and Arrow are, I don't know, consistently good. Primo? Yeah. Primo. But. Action. We were discussing Kevin Smith writing Supergirl again for Another CW show, Supergirl, and he elated himself (laughs) to uh, people and saying, I've always been doing mine to kind of write in the Superman universe and, um, Getting a chance to direct one of the episodes is great. You know, you know, we never actually even talked about their their version of Superman that they're trying to do in the CW universe, which is basically Superman light. They're he looks like Superman from Flashpoint. He does. That is so when, true. When we saw that. I was like, so this listeners, if you haven't read Flashpoint DC, which is an excellent uh, story arc. Um, Superman in that was captured by the government upon his arrival into Earth and brought into a secret facility under a yeah, red, kept, kept a red, a red, basically a red sun, you know, where without any sunlight whatsoever. So, without giving Superman basically any of his powers, so he, once he did come out of the research facility, he was super, super lanky and yeah. without any muscle whatsoever. And what we're terrible. looking at this new Superman, we're like. Yeah, mm-hmm. not he's no Henry Cavill, no at all. Henry Cavill is Superman. Yeah, not there, digging, he's... not digging, and I don't know why. I, you know, I mean, there is a lot of Supergirl story to be had, and I'm sure the DC Rebirth Supergirl is going to be amazing. It has to. Tony Orlando is writing it, but there's a clear disconnection between the TV show. And what the what the book will probably have, I I didn't feel that they needed to put a Superman in there. Um, yeah, there's going to be so the new the rebirth of Supergirl um uh, is coming out this coming week. It's coming out uh, in two days mm-hmm. from this recording. Uh, I will say, I mean, there's I'm finally starting to whittle down my list of comic books. Um, in any case. Uh, getting off track here, we had a very good comic book week or weeks. I think mm-hmm. um, you had done a review of Red Hood and the Outlaws, and I read that as well. And I thought that that was an excellent, excellent book. And I read, um, see, there was the Rebirth number one, and there's the number one, which is technically number two. I don't know why they're numbering systems like that. I but, think they're just concerning the Rebirth as zero. Like, yeah, exactly. So this one. Um, it's more of if you want to explain, you have probably a better idea what's happened in this latest this latest issue uh, of, of Red Hood. Not to put you on the spot, but I am. <laughs> well, I, if I recall correctly, in this issue, it kind of picks up with Jason Todd still uh, finding himself in a place of where he can be the better Batman vigilante, right? And he's, where was he going in this? 
something about stopping some type of train car. Oh, gosh. And that's where he ran into what should be his first teammate. But, of course, they're going to battle, which is, how do you say your name? Artemis? Oh, gosh. She's an Amazon. Yes, at the very, very end. Yes, that's right. Okay, so he is... Um... Gosh, I forgot how he got there. He was recruited to go scope out this like this train car or whatever, and he and he opens it up, and it's um it's one of the Amazons. I think it is Artemis. Damn it, he is. I, I'm surprised he I was working much for somebody. You. Yeah, he was working for somebody. He wanted to prove that he could he could do the type of jobs that Batman can't because he is Batman. Well, Batman basically he said, was working... as long as you don't kill anyone. No, it's not that. It's that when Batman goes into what's known to be a villain's bar, yes, people are going to go after him. Right. Red Hood goes in there, and people are going to be like, is he, he going to kick her ass, or is he here to find some work? Mm-hmm. And I think that's his separation. I, that's why I recall from it. He went into a bar to find work, and he was starting to... You know, I'm getting kind of confused because I know that Nightwing is going after the Parliament of Owls with... Uh, Raptor or whatever his name is, and then mm-hmm. with with um, Red Hood, he's I forget what his essential goal is, but he he's going out. He's working with God, I don't Black want, Mask. Yes, that's right. Okay, so initially he's trying to get in good with Black Mask, yeah, to take him down, basically, and figure yeah. out what his whole thing is. Very good, thank you. Yeah, and and then that's what. They said, "Don't open the, don't open the car or whatever." You know, they made that specific thing. They just right. said, "Don't open it up." And then she ends up opening it up, and he's like, "Oh God!" Like, create an Amazon. Like, yeah. I have to deal I with this now. How am I going to do this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, um, Red Hood and the Outlaws. Though, but that's see, that's another thing what we talked about is you're getting groups put in together slowly. You're not like, boom, here's the whole entire group. Well, exactly. Figure I think it out. That's how you're supposed to do it. You, yeah. you need to give. Some context, some origin tale to these characters. Now, All Star Batman number one is something we need to talk about. Yes. I know you really liked it, and I it was a good it. review that you wrote. Um, Thanks. I I like it, but I don't like the voice that Batman has in this. I do like the new take on Two Face, where it's a Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. I mean, essentially, is what it is. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um. But I didn't like the voice that uh, Scott Snyder put to Batman. And, uh, I guess I got, I think he got too light with him. Got too. Well, I think, uh, in my opinion, Batman was in it, and he he essentially is the main character, but he's the character everyone plays off of. And I think a lot of it was uh, it's a, more of a, a sub character or um, other well, or side character storyline where. A lot of them, like Two Face, the other rogues, the the people in the diner, like these people were all reacting to Batman, mm-hmm. and Batman would only have a few things to say because he would just be responding, you know, with a clear stance on something. And um, I thought my my favorite scene though in the book was when him and Two Face were traveling in midair, and his like Batwing or whatever it was, and uh, he they're talking about like you know basically how people are. Um, are essentially bad, and Two Faces is saying that people are essentially bad. And he is basically a little bit of a push, and you know, Batman's just kind of like, 
you know, there's, you know, people aren't necessarily like that. And he's like, you know, there's no way. And then the twist at the end, I liked a lot though, too. I'm all like, great. Now what does that mean? And, um, I, I will say this about the art that the, the way that the action was drawn was beautiful, but I strongly, strongly, strongly dislike the way he, he draws Batman, the way he draws, um, well, you won't okay. say it. I will say it. He fucking sucks. <laughs> okay. He absolutely sucks. And I don't like a lot of the scenes in that book. If it was it's, Capullo. It's very hard. It could be anybody. There's plenty of other artists out there. I Can you imagine like, if Greg Smallwood drew Batman in that universe? That would be fun. But there's other things. I like it. Some things wow. just didn't make sense that just came out of nowhere. Like, where the hell does Batman get a chainsaw? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sorry, but I'm going to put him on the spot. Beach, where did Batman get the thing? He put that on Twitter saying, this is my favorite scene. I'm just like, where the fuck did he get that chainsaw? Explain that. You know, there's you could say it's from the wreckage. That there's part he had of, one lying around or something. There are some panels that that just didn't make sense. Well, yeah, they did. That's part of, that's they didn't, they didn't explain it. They didn't problem. Explain, well, yeah, that kind of is and it kind of is Snyder's, but I think that the overall uh goal of the story is highly highly original, especially in the context of Batman because this road trip idea between these two people that hate each other yeah makes for really really good banter. And I Well, it does. And the dent when the Dent Harvey Dent persona is able to come through and talk to Batman, that's that's cool, and that I will I will keep reading it. But if Ramana is the artist from here on out, like Capullo was, I will be done after this story arc. What um? So what is your favorite Batman comic book right now? After Red Hood. Red well, I mean, Hood. with actually Batman being the titular. Character. Oh, being the the lead yeah. character. Um, it's probably All Star. No, I like detective. I like detective. Detective, but that's a shared front role right now, and I think that's what I like about maybe about the balance is that. And that got really good. We can talk about that really though good. too. Yeah, we can roll into um, that one. That that guy. So there's a lot of uh, exploration with uh, what's his name, Kane. What's his name? Just the dad. Yeah, I say General Kane. General Kane, let's call him that because that's what he is. Basically, Batwoman's father. He gets a nice background story as to where he's at, where he's gone through, yeah. and it gives an un- it gives you an understanding of where like he's at and what he's doing and why he's doing what he's yeah, doing. Yeah, it doesn't seem like okay. Here's just another bad guy. That's exactly. Just gone wrong. And you know, if if most comic books would just take the time out to just explain something like that with their villains. We, we'd all be better off as readers. And I, I think that was very, very strong. I think that they, they really needed to do that. And it makes that character very, very important. Yeah. Because, because you can't kill him. Because Batman won't allow it. Batman will never allow, you know, her dad to be killed, you know, especially after the tragedy that... Befell. Well, no, and I don't think you would even see him killed at all in that book. I mean, the only person that would maybe potentially come close to maybe killing him would be Clayface, and that's just because he's essentially kind of a villain. A wild tangent of the group. But right. even he's getting, like, some good development with himself. They haven't done as much as what they've done to, for the for General Kane, 
But even in the beginning on the very first Rebirth book, I mean, you got to see him kind of like, you know, that actor, you know, is who he's always wanted to be. And he, and he was in the movie theater watching the right. Silver Yeah, yeah, and he so wants like, to be an actor, yes. Yeah, it gave Clayface actually some meaning now. And I was like, okay, that's cool, you know. And I, I would hope that, like, maybe down the road they kind of revisit him a little bit more in depth, you know. And it's it's. That's why I kind of liked even out of that uh, before we got into Rebirth with some of those Convergence books is that you got some of those B characters and you got some more history on characters. And that's why I kind of like with some of the new team-ups that we have going on. I mean, that, that whole entire group is just like... what You have Orphan and Spoiler, mm-hmm. Tim Drake, Red Robin, Clayface, mm-hmm. Batwoman, and Batman. That's like... It's a pretty good. So obscure, pretty, yeah, yeah. But it's it's a good group though. They work. They seem to work really well together. Um, I know we are just moving on. There's a lot to touch on. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about Suicide Squad Rebirth, or do you feel? Uh, I can make it quick. I mean, it okay. it was set up. It was set up really good. It was nice to make it, um, in modern time. I mean, Barack Obama was was in it. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Amanda Waller was basically just, like, standing up to him, telling him, like, I understand that you think America's people has rights that to, was a good scene. Yeah. to know about this, but she's like, this is stuff that not anybody needs to know about to protect the American people. And I thought, wow, that's that's really cool. This is really covert. This is really, like, Why super spy, like, missionist. Yeah, I wish that Amanda Waller would have, again, even within even more so, more of a background, so I can understand, like, how did Amanda Waller get to this position? I think this book, I think this book I, will get to explore that. Hopefully it does that, because... this whole issue really... Everybody knows Deadshot and Harley Quinn, so they're, I mean, they were in there in Captain Boomerang a little bit, but the real background story that you got was Rick Flagg, and it was really good to, okay, he's the leader, I understand it now after the end of the book. I mean, it was a beautiful splash page of Rick Flagg, Deadshot, Harley Quinn, and Captain Boomerang. Or, and that's mm-hmm. that was it. Mm-hmm. There wasn't like, you know, El Diablo and Killer Croc. But, but we know they're coming down the road. We've seen promotional items with those characters together. So we know they're coming. And that's what I like about it. It was just enough. And I'm hoping next issue... We get somebody else's background story a little bit more, but okay. it was done amazingly. I think that uh, who's his name, Rob Williams, who's writing it, has a good a good feel of how to introduce characters and how to make each one um, impressionable. Because Rick Flag and Amanda Waller are basically laid down. There should be more background, like you're saying, on Amanda Waller, but you know. She's a hard-fisted woman, and she will stand up to anybody, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, um, I thought it was a decent book. I, I mean, I will probably end up reading this. I'll keep reading it. I'll keep reading that one. But I thought that the strongest book of the week um, was Superwoman. I know you didn't get a chance to probably pick that one up because no one thought that was going to be good. And it is seriously one of the best comic books like, that came out. It's one, of the, it's one of the ones that like Rebirth got completely right. And I'm like, I picked it up on a whim. I'm like, okay, I'll check it out. And dude, okay, so basically, Lois Lane, you see her with superpowers that are the same as Superman. 
and she talks to Lana Lane. Basically, she's like, well, by the way, there's, there's two Lois Lanes in this universe. There's, there's the Lois Lane New 52, and then there's the Lois Lane that's still married to Superman, right, from the pre-52, or, yeah, the pre-52. So this one gets powers after, after the most recent one had died. And she's asked Lana Lane, hey, can you train me? I know you trained the, the other Superman to, to hone his senses and stuff like that. So they kind of go through a really cool training montage. And then after that, something terrible happens, and you see Lex Luthor just coming from the Doomsday stuff that happened in Action Comics, trying to build this new ship of his, and all hell breaks loose. And you're like, what is going on? And then you see Superwoman just like come in, and she's and she's and she's talking to Lana Lane in her earpiece, and she's telling her kind of how to like maneuver, how to, you know how best to handle the situation. And then the next twist is maybe be a spoiler alert. I only do one one twist here is that Lana Lane ends up having superpowers and you're like, oh my God, you serious? And she comes out and she has the exact same powers as like, remember Electro Superman? Mm-hmm. It's the exact same type of powers where she can manipulate energy, teleport, all that other crazy stuff. Um, later they kind of find out what was going on in the carrier, what was causing all these problems. And there's a giant twist at the very, very end and you're like, oh my God, are you serious? And I, I mean, I, I just couldn't believe... So I was reading it, and that's why I texted you guys. I'm like, I, this movie's way too good for... <laughs> I didn't, didn't expect it to be good at all. Yeah. Uh, but so Superwoman number one. Um, wow. Okay. Did you get around to Batgirl number one? Mm-hmm. What did you think? I think it's good. I think it's a little... Maybe a little slow moving. Mm-hmm. You know? That's what I thought, too. But I, that it, may be for good cause, but I don't know... Uh, I guess it just depends on how much of a Batgirl and Barbara Gordon fan you are and what you want from want from her. If this is doing exactly, it for you. I think that that that's 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 a better way to put it because I was at the standpoint. I'm like, well, there really is no big goal or uh, overarching challenge with Batgirl at the moment. It's more of an explorational thing. Yeah, and I think that that was the word I was going to use. It's yeah, exploration I, of herself her, yeah yeah i think that um if yeah exa- you're right i mean if anyone tries to watch or anyone likes batgirl a lot that would be, that'd be probably a good book to pick up actually yeah so dude um is there any other comic books you wanted to hit on i didn't do anything with titans um staying away from that one because not because it's terrible or anything it's just strictly financial <laughs> oh know. yeah i mean uh, comic books have gone the only one I think the book that I'm looking forward to is the Teen Titans, and that's because I'm a Damian Wayne fan, and he's leading that group. And wait, I'm wait, hoping... wait, wait, wait. Okay, I'm sorry. You just said there's a, there's gonna be a Teen Titans now. Yeah. I thought that there. So there's gonna be a Titans, and then there's gonna be a Teen Titans. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I think that's where I think you're gonna see Jonathan Clark in too. Jonathan Kent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's that's awesome. Like, at least on at least that like that the poster right there that rebirth. Look who's standing next to Damien. Mm. Wally West. <laughs> that's Wally West. Not next to, next to Damien. Oh, I was, so, I was talking about. Uh, yeah. Sorry. He's right there. Jonathan, Jonathan Kent. Jonathan Kent's right there. So anyway. that's where I think they're going to be. Um, my favorite one though, absolute favorite. 
Because I didn't get Superwoman, so I would... Oh, s- yes. Hal Jordan and the Green Lanterns, number two. Yeah? It's beautiful, dude. I am That's the one it. when um, Sinestro gains his powers back, basically, and goes kind of ape shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. It's, I read that two, months, two weeks ago. I was like, it just seems like... Hal's picking a fight with some of the uh, Yellow Lanterns. And we find out where the rest of the Green Lanterns are at. At the very end, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Guy yeah, Gardner true. is the only guy who is... How did, how did Jonathan start? He's the only guy that's too... Too... Uh, he's the only guy who's too stubborn to die or something. That's why he sent him out on the recon mission. Huh. To find out where... The yellow lanterns, how far out that they are. That's now sweet. Sinestro knows that Hal Jordan is is alive, because Hal Jordan killed. He killed off the three uh, yellow lantern. No, he killed off the one, and so that power ring died off and went back to Sinestro and alerted that Hal Jordan was alive. And Sinestro just flipped his shit. He's like, "How can this freaking be?" Hal Jordan's still out there. He's like, that's fine. One Green Lantern cannot take out a whole entire universe of Yellow Lanterns. Is what he's saying. But he doesn't know. Sinestro doesn't know that the other Green Lanterns are still out there. Are slowly building what would you call Oa back up. Oa. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, do you uh, have any recommendations for this week at all? Um. There was a show on Netflix. Damn it. I, I just talked to Michelle about this last night. That I was going to watch it. I was going to give it a try. It's about uh, 1977's Brooklyn Music. Get on down or get down? Yeah, get down. I think I'm going to give that a try. Yeah, it looks good. I want and to then there's another one on HBO that everybody keeps freaking talking about. Something about... Oh, the new one that just came out. Uh, like what, what was it called? What if or... It's another. It's like a two-word thing. I know. It's something. It's like a murder mystery. Yeah. I can't, that I can't one, remember the name right now. That's maybe, really upsetting. Maybe I'll get to. But yeah, Get Down is the one on Netflix that mm-hmm. I'm thinking about checking out. Um, my recommendation would be The Sixth Gun by Colin Bunn. Colin. Colin Bunn. Um, excellent. I we we met him at Planet Comic Con. Comic Con. And Comic Con, <laughs> and uh, we uh, communists come, come, come. So we met him there, and uh, uh, seemed like a nice guy. And I met, I actually talked to the artist more often. But um, the story's about a, yeah, how do I put this? Like a gun that was forged almost by gods. It seems like about not not that far yet, but everyone's after this thing, and they're going through. They're willing to do anything, and it's written. It's an, it's like a western, but it's written a lot with that grit, and you, you just feel like you're in a western movie. Yeah, and I, I want to say that I, I, I'm glad that I picked it up. Now I want to pick up all of them. <laughs> They're really, really good. Well, they said it's the most successful creator-owned title right now. Yeah, I, if if it is, I mean, I, rightfully so. I mean, I I think that so the sixth gun. There is one other thing 
I can't say I can recommend, but I'm going to have at least an opinion about it by the next time we together. I'm going to try the Telltale Games version of Batman. Please do. I'd like to know more about that. I thought that was... It's been on my Twitter feed quite a bit, and it's popped up in some news articles. And I was like, you know, I'll give that one a try. Because I know I was very down on the Walking Dead version of the Telltale Games, but you had a friend that was just like, oh my god, it's the best Walking Dead game ever. So I was like, alright, well, if that was successful... Let me see what they're going to do with the Batman one. Okay. Um, Their promo was like, do you choose your path as either walk as Bruce Wayne or walk in the mask or something cool like that. And they just released a trailer for the VR Batman today too. Yeah. By Rocksteady. So I have yet to check that out. Anyway. um, First of all, rate us on iTunes. Mm -hmm. Um, If you haven't done so already. Um, am I missing anything? Am I missing anything? No, probably not. No. Jerry, go ahead. No. Don't do that one. Don't do that one? Yeah. Don't. Hey, that, Hey, you just uh, take us out, though. <laughs> just take us out? All right. From the guys at Pop Culture Crunch on a low, 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 Rangers, Rangers edition. I'm Jerry. And I'm Nick. We'll see you later, partner. <laughs> <laughs> New Pod World Order. Hey, this is Jerry with NewPodWorldOrder.com. Just want to let you know we got a new service available for anybody with a podcast who needs help polishing it up. We got podcast editing available through Squishy Nuts Studios. Rates are starting just at $30 an episode for the first two hours and $5 for every half hour thereafter. Want to hit up Marshall? at squishynosstudios at gmail.com. Trust me, the guy will make your stuff sound good.